with the Talent Talks recording. I am Maria Schaub. I'm an associate with Titus Talent Strategies, and I have Jeff Boucher with me, a colleague of mine on my team. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about attracting top talent. So from your standpoint, Jeff, as far as attracting top talent, being involved in the talent acquisition industry for as long as you have been, how do you typically make top talent interested in an organization or maybe a project that you've worked on? Yeah, so that is an excellent question. So for me, when I'm meeting with a prospective partner and we're trying to figure out how to make their opportunity attractive, Titus uses the phrase employee value proposition. We even use an acronym for it called the EVP. And what essentially that means is why is someone that is gainfully employed at one of our partner's competitors, why are they going to be interested? What is, it, what is it about the opportunity that's going to be of particular intrigue to our prospects? Um, and so we coach our partners in determining what is it about their organization? What is it that they're doing? What is it about their um, I guess the responsibilities of the role, can they, what will they stretch to do? What will they achieve and what will they become? And we actually just bullet point these lists out um, in terms of kind of what, what, what makes the company super attractive, what makes the opportunity really attractive. Um, and these bullet points we can really use as we're talking with prospective candidates and listening to them and kind of figuring out what they're not getting in their current role, we can help them find what they're missing in our, in our partner's opportunity. So it's kind of filling, filling a, um, an intrinsic motivation gap in, in what they're doing with mm -hmm. something that our partner is offering. But we, we always say, you know, a good opportunity starts, you know, a, a, a good recruiting job starts with a really good opportunity for a really good partner. So that's, that's what I think. I'd, I'd be curious to know how you feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that we're on two different ends of that spectrum. I do also believe that the employee value proposition is such an important part and it definitely sells a role. But from your standpoint, being on the director side, I feel like you interact a little bit more with the partners themselves. So from my standpoint, it's more about actually selling that EVP mm -hmm. to the candidate. Um, so for me, it's just as important to understand why that company sets themselves apart within the industry, what's important to them, and really just highlighting those points to that prospective candidate, as opposed to kind of coaching the partner through that whole process. So I think that we both agree on that same aspect, but we just get two different pieces of that puzzle. Um, and I think that's definitely something that, especially with candidates, it's important to obviously highlight the benefits of the organization. And it's really in that first conversation that you have more of that exploratory conversation, I guess you could call it, just making sure that they understand why it might be more beneficial for them and why they may want to choose that company over a separate organization. Sure. 
I'd be curious, I have a follow-up question, Maria. So like today is 2020. Um, what are you, when you're talking to candidates on your side of, of the spectrum there, is there any, are you hearing any patterns on what's really attractive to um, certain generations of candidates? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that stability is the number one factor that I hear at this point in time, just with everything, whether somebody's position has been affected by COVID-19, whether they are just seeking a new opportunity. <clears throat> stability is definitely the number one factor that I hear in those conversations. And then the second factor that I typically hear is growth opportunities. So not only looking for a stable opportunity to continue to, I guess, grow with, but also looking for those opportunities and that clear trajectory within an organization, especially with everything going on with COVID-19. It's hard for some individuals to know what their position may look like, you know, three months down the road. And then looking at that and trying to take into account three years down the road, it's, sure. it's right. It's just hard for them to picture at this point with all of that uncertainty. So I would say stability and growth are the two factors I hear the most. Yeah, that's, I, I, I would tend to agree with you. I think, I think we'd be probably obtuse if we didn't consider money, right? We're all we, we, we all work uh, to, to earn a living and provide for our families. So I think how we kind of describe money in terms of attracting top talent, it's, it's not a good enough reason to hire someone, but the money needs to be there. So, you know, quite frankly, we, we have to have that conversation that it needs to be, um, you know, a stretch for them, both non-compensationally and, and with compensation. And, and what about like the remote end of things, being able to work remote. I feel like I'm hearing that an awful lot from um, Gen Z, millennial, even a little bit of Gen X. Um, are, are, you, are you finding that to be kind of one of those benefits that's super, super attractive to talent mm -hmm. right now? Yeah, definitely. I think that remote opportunities are highly desired right now. And I heard that even before all of the COVID-19 sure. aspects were happening. I think that as companies transition over to more of that work from home or maybe eliminate some of those in-person offices, I think that that's just going to be something that we continue to hear about. Yeah. But as far as remote opportunities, a lot of time that goes hand in hand with work-life balance. So making sure that there's also that aspect and consideration of factors outside of just that work environment that's definitely something that I've heard as well among those same generations. And I think it is transitioning over to all generations as different companies or organizations move to more of that modern workplace culture. I think that they like to factor in that remote and work-life balance aspect as well. Sure. Yeah, I've heard some stories from some of, um, some of my, my friends and family that even once COVID-19 you know, is, is done, they, they want to work from the home. And if their current employer doesn't kind of make that mandate to allow them to do that, that they, they may consider, you know, looking for new opportunities that do allow it. So, you know, from, from that standpoint, it's certainly something that top talent is certainly attracted to is, is, is the potential for it. But we've also seen cases to where certain people don't really work well from home. So that, that needs to be a consideration as, consideration as well. 
But it ba basically, it's just not a, a ping pong table in the break room. That's that's not enough <laughs> to attract top talent right now, for sure. Right, right, absolutely. And I've definitely worked with different organizations that offer a lot of different things in that whole aspect of work-life balance. So there's companies that have half days on Fridays. There's companies that offer more of that hybrid opportunity for that work-life balance. So maybe you're in the office for three days a week and you work from home two days a week. So there's definitely a lot of different transitions that are being made at this time rather than just work from home, work from the office. There's a lot of that in between also, which I think is tailored to maybe somebody that doesn't work well from home all the time, but would value that on maybe a Friday or a Monday, just sure. depending on the person. So it sounds to me like a lot of what we're just kind of speaking about right now is the culture, right? And it's a, it's a big buzzword is the culture really helps attract top talent. But in, in terms of technically and what, what top talent gets to do, I think it's important to kind of talk about that too. I think impact is a really big, important function of whether or not top talent, especially right now in this environment, uh, that they're attracted to. So what is it that they're doing? What impact does it have on their company? Can they see what they're doing as a benefit to the bottom line or to society as a whole? I know some of, some of our partners are in the organic food space and it's really easy to find top talent because those people know exactly what they want to do. I'd be curious your thoughts. Um, you know, if you've done any searches where impact was a huge component of your EVP or employee value proposition. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that comes to mind is the aspect of partnering strategically with the company. So rather than just being that individual contributor that essentially does the responsibilities that might be listed on a job description, it's really more about that impact that you get being able to partner strategically. So maybe being a part of an implementation process where you kind of get to set aside that skill and use that going forward maybe being able to do presentations that you weren't able to do in the past, um, really just having that opportunity to grow within the company, within your skills, being able to essentially make a name for yourself, I guess, being able to partner on things that actually have that direct impact with the company. So yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. Have you seen any from your side that focuses a lot on that impact within a culture? Yeah, you know, I, I think a little bit, as I said earlier, just with with respect to what these what these people are going to be able to do and the impact to the bottom line, kind of as we're walking uh, our partners through a kicking off a new project and we're really pulling bits of the EVP. A lot of people don't know what their EVP is. They don't know what it means. They 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 know that they need to hire someone and they have a job description, but I oftentimes we'll say that talent acquisition is a three-legged stool. And you know the three legs are employee referrals. You need to have a very robust employee referral program, meaning that your employees are incentivized for bringing top talent into the organization. You need to be visible to active candidates, people relocating in from out of town, people that were recently let go, and then passive candidate recruitment too. And from, from a passive candidate recruitment, you, you need to understand the impact that they're gonna make 
um, within the organization and you need to be able to help your partners realize what that is, even if they don't know, so that you can be a storyteller uh, for their organization. So I would say all of that impact to the bottom line, um, is it visible to senior leadership and will they get to do more than they've been able to do up until this point in their career? Right. Right. And that definitely goes along with what you mentioned before on the contributing factors for exploring new opportunities outside of just that monetary factor. It's how can you grow and what skills can you gain? How can you essentially either better yourself for that organization or maybe opportunities in the future as well? For sure. For sure. So when you're talking to candidates before you decide, you know, hey, this is a really, really good candidate for this role. Maria, how do you sift through B players and identify the A players, the top talent? How, how, mm -hmm. how can you sift through that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that a lot of it does help when you have that close relationship with your partners to really understand where their needs are. Every partner, every hiring manager that you work with is going to have a different aspect that they look at. So maybe somebody might really put a lot of emphasis on a good resume. Somebody might put a lot of emphasis on good articulation, maybe having a headhunter personality. So it's really all about identifying what their must-haves are versus their wants. So essentially what separates somebody would be maybe the top three bullet points they look for. So headhunting personality, maybe it's a certain number of years in the industry, but really just having that understanding of what your partner is looking for and also utilizing other factors. Like we utilize the predictive index, which is that behavioral assessment and cognitive assessment that essentially measures how somebody may behave in a certain role. When we have our partners take that assessment, they give us a benchmark for ideally exactly what they're looking for. And that's just another measure that we're able to use to kind of separate maybe somebody that has the same experience, they have a very similar resume, same education, but really what that behavioral factor might be in the role might just set them apart compared to somebody else. So definitely a lot of different factors that we use. And I know you're familiar with the predictive index as well. So I'm sure you've seen that to be very beneficial on different roles as well. Um, do you yeah. have any thoughts outside of that? You know, I, I think we, we at, at Titus, we look at candidates, you know, through, through three, in, in three buckets, the head, the heart, the briefcase, and you talked about the predict, predictive index. Are they going to match culturally with pace um, to the organization? You know, are they driving or collaborative? We really get, get a sense of our candidates in neutral. And then I think that the heart, the second component, is, is as equally as, as important. Uh, are their core values as a person matched up with what the, car, the company is doing? Um, and then technically, are they going to be successful? Is it enough of a stretch to really, to really be in that organization? So, you know, if, if you get kind of thumbs up in all three of those buckets, I, I think you probably have a, a, a really good uh, top talent person there. Mm -hmm. You know, one other thing, you know, that, that we'll talk to partners uh, about is kind of listening. Attracting top talent doesn't end as soon as they start. So I think retention, once you get top talent in the door, kind of retaining it. And I wanted to bring up, you know, a story of something that we do internally, and I'm sure you've experienced this at Titus, but kind of during your one-on-ones, 
you know, we ask our employees kind of what, what would it take for you to answer a recruiter's call? You know, like what would they have to offer you in order for you to leave? You know, and that really works kind of two ways. Has anyone asked you that since you've been here, Maria, just out of curiosity? Um, I've definitely been asked that question before during yeah. my one-on-one. -on -one, so definitely sure. understand yeah. what you're saying. Yep. <laughs> so, but you know, it really looks at, okay, uh, are there certain benefits that our employees don't feel that they have? Um, is there any fringe benefits or, or anything that, that we can do internally? And secondly is how engaged and how happy are they? Um, so you, you kind of combine that with um, an engagement survey that we use to kind of determine, you know, it's an anonymous engagement survey uh, to kind of see how engaged our employees are. Um, and, and so we're, we're kind of thrilled and blessed to have you know, pretty good engagement at Titus Talent, but leveraging those, those tools will also make sure that once you get top talent through the door, you kind of protect that investment um, and you can kind of watch them flourish. Yeah, definitely. Retention's a really good point to bring up because that's obviously once you have the right person in the right seat, you've gone through all of the necessary steps to get them there. You want to make sure that you're retaining them and offering them something that they wouldn't find elsewhere. So yeah, definitely sure. understand. Well, Maria, you and I have something in common in the organization. We, we did not come through Titus by way of employee referral. <laughs> um, you know, we were, we were recruited, we were reached out to. So I'm really curious as we kind of wrap this up today, you know, you are top talent, you know, spoiler alert to all those listeners out there, but Maria is one of our very best. What, what made you decide to choose Titus? What made me decide to choose Titus, it was actually post-graduation. So I graduated in 20, yeah, 2018. Um, and I actually graduated with a psychology degree. So not necessarily looking to step right into a human resources role, but it was kind of on my radar, just seeing what was out there. And I was reached out to by our internal recruiter, Ellen. She's mm -hmm. a sweetheart. That is true. Um, and really on that first conversation that I had, she made sure to walk me through what the overall expectations were. She talked a lot about the company. She essentially sold me on Titus Talent and their EVP, what sets them apart from other opportunities in the industry. And she really listened to what I was looking for in a position and really highlighted the aspects of the role that related to that. So for me, I was looking for an opportunity to work with people. I knew that I wanted to be in more of that relational aspect within a role. And especially looking at talent acquisition, you do get a lot of that relational activity, building relationships with candidates, really working to understand what their motivators are, what they're looking for. So it seemed like a good fit at that point. And then once I was able to meet the team, once I realized how open everybody was, um, really focused on that team-oriented community, even in that remote working space, it was definitely something that sounded like a good fit for me. And just overall, the EVP, the lived values, it's something that as I've grown through Titus in the last year and a half, I do see the lived values lived out and it's not just something that's on our website. It's something that we do each and every day, whether it's fun, whether it's focusing on, you know, being accountable for our actions. We definitely work well as a team and it's just something that 
keeps me here and I love it. <laughs> oh, that's great. We're, we're yeah. certainly lucky to have you for sure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what about you with Titus? What was the attractive points for you? You know, year eons and eons before you got here, you know, I, um, I met with the team here and for me, honestly, it was the growth potential. Um, the, you know, we, we, I, I met with a visionary uh, of the organization and he laid out a plan uh, for growing the organization and building it and kind of positioned me, you know, kind of really showed me as a building block in there. Um, you know, and at, at the time that really spoke to me, I wanted to build something. We leveraged kind of um, a business model, uh, entrepreneurial operating system, EOS, um, uh, Gene Wickman. And, and so, I wanted to build something and I have been, I've had the pleasure of working with some of the most talented people I've worked with in my career and watching, watching this engine grow. Um, I think, I think we've brought in some people that have poured gasoline on the fire and it's, uh, it's been amazing to watch. So um, that, that was it for me. It was, it was probably that, that impact and that stretch and the long-term potential. Awesome. Yeah, that visualization I bet was extremely exciting to see just understanding kind of how your piece of the puzzle fit into that growth. Sure. I, I, I followed people. I followed the visionary. I think some people follow impact and the opportunity and some people follow people. So mm -hmm. uh, it's multiple. So, you know, I think as we kind of wrap this up, Maria, you know, I think we've talked about money. Money attracts top talent, but we've also talked about, you know, um, understanding your company's EVP for both the company and the opportunity. Both of them have potentially separate EVPs and also leveraging tools like predictive index and engagement surveys um, to make mm -hmm. sure that once you once you get top talent into the organization that you're protecting it and engaging it and retaining it. So mm -hmm. I have been thrilled to kind of speak with you today. <laughs> it's been amazing. And um, I think I, uh, I appreciate this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>